Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Tactical Guitarist Podcast. I'm Jesse McCann, guitarist and teacher, and this episode is my first ever Ask Me Anything. I threw some questions out to a number of you on Facebook and on Instagram, and several of you actually responded, which I was pretty pleased with. And before I get into that, I want to just give a few updates. Um, On the Tactical Guitarist website, there are now uh, some new features, two of which uh, have just launched recently. One is the personal coaching service that I'm offering, um, and then the other one is an online course for teaching classical guitar. So if if you're interested in knowing how to teach um, or you are a teacher and you want to get a little bit more refined or have a better angle or get a different angle on on, uh, teaching and everything that comes with it, including the business side of it, um, then you want to check out this course. It's only a four-week course. It's condensed and it also incorporates uh, a book that I'm going to be releasing soon on teaching. And the other thing that's interesting about it is that it is a college-level style course. This is the same kind of material I teach um, at the university, but instead of you having to sign up for a college class or enroll in school or something, you're actually just going to be offered this course uh, on its own. So you're going to get a very similar kind of um, top-level, high-level education uh, and experience from uh, this course. There's some interactivity. You're going to have a weekly interactive video conference calls with me and the other classmates that sign up for the course. And then each week will be some kind of challenge and assignment, uh, depending on the materials that we cover. So if you're interested, check it out. You can always uh, email me at info at with any of your questions about the course or anything else. Um, also, if you're not part of the group, there's a Facebook group. Uh, if you're interested, if you're a guitarist and you're interested in more of what we're doing um, than just the podcast, then I encourage you to sign up if you're on Facebook to go to our uh, Tactical Guitarist page. You can like the page, but more importantly, within that page, there is a group. And um, request to add, you know, to be added to the group and see what's happening. And there's a lot of good conversations going on about how we're trying to survive our, our careers as musicians. And um, people are giving advice to each other, asking questions, and talking about what they're, they're up to, what they're doing with their, with their careers, whether it's teaching or gigging or whatever. Um, so really check that out. And you can also follow us on Instagram. We're there too, uh, Instagram, uh, Tactical Guitarist. And uh, more importantly... If you want to stay up to date with things that are coming out from the Tactical Guitarist, including new courses or anything else, I'm offering like free downloads sometimes of the things that um, I might cover, like the practice log that just was launched uh, today, then um, the best thing to do is to sign up for the newsletter. Uh, So all you have to do is go to thetacticalguitarist.com. And either you'll be prompted um, to sign up for the newsletter if, the first, if it's the first time you've visited the website. And if not, then uh, you can scroll down to the bottom of the page and you'll see a, a little link that says subscribe. And there you can fill out uh, your information to be added to our newsletter uh, email list. So all good stuff. I hope you check it out and I hope to hear from you. I'm really interested in your feedback about uh, the podcast and any, any of the other uh, material that I'm posting through social media. 
Um, so we're going to get into our questions. I really like the Ask Me Anything format. Uh, I've listened to other podcasts that do this kind of thing. And I think it's great to have an opportunity to hear from the people that are listening uh, or following me on uh, on Instagram or Facebook. And so um, getting an opportunity to answer those questions, um, I think, is uh, is kind of a cool thing. It gives you, a th- I think, a chance to see what your fellow guitarists are thinking. And a lot of the time, I think we're thinking about the same thing. So um, I'm going to start with a question from Brandon. And uh, he actually has a few questions here. So there's a lot to unpack. Let me, uh, let me just read it first, and then I will uh, try to unpack it. So Brandon asks, It would be great to hear you talk about generating income from performance, how to get performances, what types of gigs are out there, resources for finding gigs, how to market yourself, etc. Essentially, what are some good ways to generate income outside of teaching? Additionally, I would love to hear more about recording in general. How do you prepare for a recording? In what ways can you monetize your recording? And how do you get radio stations to play your music? Okay, so <laughs> there's a lot to, a lot to uh, answer there. So um, I'm going to start with the, this idea of how to um, generate income outside of teaching. And there's a number of things you can do. A lot of it's going to really depend on how, uh, you know, where you are in your career level. If you're a student in college and you're just starting out, um, you're obviously not going to be able to, you know, get the big concerts or land any really major, major gigs um, without, you know, possibly winning major competitions or something like that. But there are lots of different ways to um, to kind of think about your what you can offer and how you can how you can perform. Um, one of those ways is to look at, you know, your local level um, kind of resources. And what I mean by that, you've probably seen me post these kind of things on the Facebook group if you're there. Um, that, you know, one of the best ways to really just start performing and making money is to go to the house concert circuit. Um, house concerts are more prevalent today than I think they were in the last 20 years, and more and more people are starting to support this format. Um, and the guitar, classical guitar especially, is like perfect for that environment. And so one thing you want to do is maybe start making a list or you know, researching in your, in your town or your region um, the, the places that are um, doing house concerts. You can do just like a search on Facebook alone um, and you type in house concerts and you'll you know you get all these a huge list of, of uh, places that are that are doing this kind of thing so I would start there you know like I think one of the first questions you have to ask yourself is what kind of gigs are you after um, are you looking for wedding gigs are you looking for restaurant gigs um, I know guitarists who play in the airport you know and they make a good living doing that they make a good amount of money. Um, or is it more concerts? Are you looking for, you know, to build your name and to start touring on some kind of concert level? Um, so you have to start there, really. And if it depends on um, on that. And I would say, you know, if you're going to go for the concert route, the house concerts is a good thing. Um, you also want to, you know, maybe reach out to churches. And one way to, to really do that, if you're like uncertain about who to reach out to, is to pay attention to 
some of the other concerts that come up that you see, um, or even like go and, and look at concert tour dates of other guitarists and note where some of those places are. Some of them are, are going to churches and some of them are going to community centers, um, house concerts, you know, make your list based off of that. And then you can start reaching out to some of these venues. You know, there's other ways to make income from, uh, from your playing, not necessarily having to do with teaching or even concertizing. Uh, some people are really good at recording and recording lots of kind of general material that they can put online or, um, you know, put that's going to be streamed on something like Pandora or Spotify. Um, I made a joke with, um, I was kind of half joking actually with a student the other day about, you know, making a, a very generic kind of guitar Christmas album and submitting it, you know, to Spotify. And yeah, there's like 300 other Christmas albums out there. But that doesn't mean you can't add yours to that list because the chances are pretty high it's going to end up in rotation during the holidays. So, you know, you could kind of think more about like if you want to make money that way, you can record a bunch of material and just get it online. It doesn't have to be anything that you are necessarily going to concertize on, but just another kind of stream of income for you that is based off of some very, you know, general playing. And to that, I guess to answer your question about recording, um, Brandon's asking, you know, how can you monetize your recordings? Um, well, that's one way is to just kind of get a, a kind of bulk load of material um, up there streaming because that's kind of how um, things are <laughs> things are going anyway these days. Um, the other uh, question about getting radio stations to play our music um, – I'm not, I'm not sure I, I agree with the importance of that anymore. Um, you know, radio stations are, are still out there and there are a few, like where I live in Portland, it's, you know, the, the all classical radio station, uh, KQAC, and they play the quartet's music. We've, you know, we have connections there with, um, the radio station. We we have a relationship with several of the people. We've known them through over the years, but we've also, um, you know, we solicit our material to them too, and they play it. So there's always, you know, always a radio station here or there that you can reach out to to play your music. I'm not sure how important that is anymore, considering um, the many different ways people consume or listen to music these days. Um, you know, so pushing your stuff to radio stations on your own is going to be a pretty tricky thing. Uh, but I think part of the thing you can try and do is establish, like I said, try to establish some relationships with these places. Um, you know, if you're, if they're long distance, then you may need to do something like hire a publicist to help, you know, get press and media out there for you. Um, and that, you know, that for a new guitarist, if you're just starting out, is going to be pretty daunting because publicists can can cost a lot of money. So uh, I hope that helps. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot more we could go into with that, but I'm gonna um, I'm gonna leave it there. So I hope that helps, Brandon. If you uh, if you have any follow up questions, definitely um, let me know, and uh, we can continue to to discuss maybe on the, in the Facebook group. All right, so we're going to move on to a question from someone um, on Instagram. And I don't have the actual name. This is just the, the name of the uh, handle. It's called The Commoners. And The Commoners uh, asks, I travel a lot. I really don't want to take my nice guitars on flights. 
What do you bring to play when traveling? That's a tricky question to answer. But um, first off, to say when I travel, I actually take my my nice guitar with me. Most of the time, because wherever I'm traveling, it's because I have to take my guitar, um, usually for a concert or some kind of performance or teaching or something like that. Um, I haven't had to travel yet in a way where I didn't feel, you know, comfortable, um, you know, bringing my instruments. But I can understand how if you if you have a job or something that's really, you know, you're you're traveling a lot. Um, traveling with an instrument is just a pain in the butt and you you know to have to keep doing it and have to keep taking instruments here and there is already itself just nerve-wracking but to have something like you know really really nice instrument where the airlines are not uh, very forgiving at all about the damages that can be done to them um, I can see how you'd be reluctant to not want to take it and then try to find something that is at least, you know, has some kind of quality, but isn't going to um, necessarily break the bank or be of a great loss if you have it uh, lost or stolen or damaged or something like that. Um, there are a kinds of instruments that I do recommend that if you don't need to use, if you don't need them for any kind of like particularly major live performance, um, that you could get by really well with a couple of these kinds of travel guitars. Um, the first one, there's a couple of brands. Um, here in Oregon, there's a company, I think they're still around, called uh, Soloette. And they make these um, these instrument, in, these uh, interesting <laughs> kinds of um, what they're called quiet guitars or silent guitars. So you, you have a, um, you're able to plug headphones into them and um, I'm not sure where they are in their production value these days, but when they first started, they weren't so ergonomically great. What was nice about them was that you could you could take these things apart, stick them in a in a very thin, discreet kind of bag, and go wherever you needed to go. And then when you wanted to play, you'd put this thing together really easily and quickly, and plug your headphones in and play. And you could just hear yourself play, and it didn't disturb anyone. And I had one when my uh, son was born and I used to practice on them in, you know, in the house so I wouldn't disturb anybody. And I think even some of the students at PSU will occasionally borrow them in, for their dorm rooms because they don't, you know, they need to keep practicing, but they don't want to necessarily uh, disturb anybody. Uh, so that's one route. I, I don't, that the, the model I'm talking about had a wiry frame and there wasn't much uh, there wasn't much depth to it. So anytime you held it against your body, it was really close, too close. But I think in the, in the last few years, they've actually um, revised their design. And so there's another company more well-known, which is Yamaha, and they have uh, their own version of a travel guitar. And I think these are all nylon string, but I, they may have acoustic, uh, steel string, acoustic style travel guitars. Um, I'm actually interested in purchasing the Yamaha one. The only problem with my uh, interest is that I'm left-handed. And so far, everything I've seen with the reviews and even the, the product listings on the website, there's no such thing as a left-handed Yamaha travel guitar, which is unfortunate. Uh, but I would recommend looking into something like that because they, um, they're ergonomically sound, from all the reviews that I've seen, they sound great. Um, they feel great under the fingers uh, from the 
you know, the various reviews that I've seen. And they're not totally expensive. I mean, they're probably around $1,000, but that's not, you know, out of the question for someone who may have a plenty of like really nice instruments that they don't want to take on the road. So I would start there. I mean, having a travel guitar like that can really like save a lot of a lot of headache. They're really easy to travel with, um, and they you know they work and sound and function just like a real guitar. So I hope that helps. Um, we're going to move on to the next question. This is a question from Michael, and Michael asks. He's got a few questions here, kind of like Brandon did. Um, Michael asks. Do you have thoughts on how to present your performances in online media? Do you think it's worth worrying much about the quality of the clip, both in terms of playing and production quality? What are your opinions on frequency of releasing material? Also, what are some good tips for mindset when it comes to getting your playing out there, either in live performances or online? <laughs> these are these are great questions. There's a lot a lot to go over here, so Bear with me. So the first question, do you have thoughts on how to present your performances in online media? Um, do you think it's worth worrying much about the quality of the clip, both in terms of playing and production quality? Um, I don't, I, this, this really depends. You know, I think, I think there's a place for all kinds of videos in terms of the quality and the duration. Um, for instance, you know, I think it's wise to be um, releasing clips of playing on things like Instagram. You know, if you go on Instagram, there's, you know, millions of, of videos of people playing guitar. Um, and so using Instagram as a tool, a marketing tool for you and for playing, um, you should go there. And I think, um, you know, using something like Facebook or Instagram as not just a place to show how, you know, your, your skills at being a good guitarist, but also, like more behind the scenes and like, you know, the real deal, like, you know, the raw part of, of playing where you've got to be practicing and, you know, show people that it's not just suddenly you're just this great guitarist. I think it's uh, a lot of people want to see more of the the kind of um, the struggle, you know, the behind the scenes part of what it actually takes to get to that point. So occasionally putting videos like small clips of you practicing over something, you know, and even just messing up or something, just to show that there's some kind of realness to <laughs> to our playing and to our process. Um, that helps connect people, I think, a little more, um, especially if you're building a fan base or you have a fan base and they can kind of see the 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 things you're you're doing and the, going through in order to get through a to a piece, get through a piece. Um, <clears throat> the other play, you know, the other thing is like, of course, it's it's smart to have some high quality videos. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm a per big proponent of being self-reliant, um, being resourceful. Um, I have never had a lot of money to just go and, you know, like record in a great studio or pay someone to make a video of me and all that stuff. That stuff can get really expensive. Um, not that I, not that you, you know, you shouldn't, because if you're able to, you definitely hire the help. It makes things a lot easier. But <clears throat> I think that um, in the beginning, if you're not someone who has a ton of a big budget, ton of money to do something like this, try to find ways to make quality videos on your own. Um, you know, the the 
phones these days with their video qualities and the apps that, that you can download uh, make it really easy to make stunning, high-quality kinds of videos. Um, and it may take a, a bit of a learning curve on your part to get some of the production down in terms of maybe editing the video or making a storyboard of the video or something like that. But, um, you know, that can, that can all be really helpful things for you in terms of how your, your, your vision is working for the performance. Um, and so I think it's, it's good to have high-quality videos. I don't think it's the only thing you should focus on, though. And in terms of um, frequency of releasing the material, this is another like tricky thing. You know, in today's kind of realm, you have to be posting a lot in order to stay uh, stay in the foreground of your fan base and anybody who you may be trying to have become new fans. So, you know, like posting posting a video, you know, if you like every couple of days is maybe okay. Some people argue you should be posting, you know, two or three times a day and and not necessarily you have to do videos all the time. But, um, you know, if you had some kind of campaign where you were like, all right, I'm practicing this new piece and I'm going to show you a clip of my progress every day, uh, for 30 days or something like that, then that can help build a a kind of, um, campaign and, and perhaps even a buzz around, the work you're doing, um, and at least get your fans engaged in showing, you know, showing them your progress, getting, you know, asking even for their feedback or whatever, you know, if you know you have other people who are um, other fans who are guitarists or um, just kind of want to see what you're doing. The frequency is a big, a big deal. So, um, you know, with the, with the kind of daily clips or even weekly clips that are thrown up on social media, I would I would definitely have some kind of regimen down where you're doing something like that and then saving your higher quality videos um, for releases kind of like in an, in support of perhaps a, a new track or even a new album, obviously, uh, uh, if you're going to do a concert, anything or just to promote yourself, you know, just to get more more promotion out there and to celebrate, you know, the the release of this new piece or whatever. Um and save those for the more kind of grander releases, you know. And I don't know if if you really need to come up with a schedule for high-quality videos. But, you know, maybe at least two or three times a year if you want to be really aggressive and active about it. Um, might be a smart thing to do. So um, I hope that helps with those questions. There's uh, There's plenty more we could discuss. I mean... I think it'd be something worth talking about more even in the Facebook group. Um, so, yeah, check us out there and we'll uh, we'll see if we can get more of that discussion going. I'm curious to see what other people have to say about that. Um, and so I'm going to go on to your other question, Michael. He says, also, what are some good tips for mindset when it comes to getting your playing out there, either in live performances or online? So I think what you're asking here, I hope I'm – getting getting this right <clears throat> is you know what your what your mindset should be about you know the approach to getting your playing um, out in front of people whether it's um, you know landing gigs or getting it online um, you know I think yeah if I'm reading this right this is a topic for like what happens if you get rejected you know so like if you're trying to get new performances, or live gigs, or uh, something like that, and and there's a lot of 
a lot of stuff that comes with it where your people are just not going to be interested in what you're doing. You're going to get, uh, you could get really bad feedback, bad comments. You get the trolls online, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, this takes a, a high degree of resiliency being in this kind of field where you're constantly taking criticism from people who maybe shouldn't really be giving you criticism. You have to have a tough uh, kind of thick skin to kind of take on the the brunt of all of that rejection that comes with being a musician um, and trying to get performances and all that stuff. Uh, so, you know, you've got to be, like I said earlier, self-reliant, um, really resilient. Like you just, you need to let things bounce right off you and you need to just keep going. And for some of us, that can be hard to do. You know, if it's, it's, it's really tough to take no for an answer. It's tough when someone says they don't like your playing or they criticize your playing or they don't want to give you a gig. And that can, you know, be tough when you, you're being told no a lot. But that is kind of the nature of this business where, you know, you're going to get told maybe you get told no maybe 100 times before someone says yes once. Um, and that yes is going to feel good. But you have to realize that every time you get a no, it's just no big deal. It just means it's a no. You move on. You keep going. You got to keep moving forward. Um, and so having a high degree of resiliency is is important. And so, you know, if you're not, if you're not feeling like you're a resilient person, um, then work on it. You know, you've got to find, uh, find ways to be more resilient. There's a great book, um, that I read uh, a couple years ago called Resilience. Um, and I think, uh, or resilient, I think it was, I'm, I don't have it in front of me right now, but you know, lots of, uh, lots of useful information in there. And, um, that's a, that's a pretty good, you know, pretty good topic to, um, to go deeper into at some point. So I hope that's uh, that's what you were talking about there. If it wasn't, then definitely let me know. Um, I'm going to move on. So final question here. We're going to wrap things up. Sort of. It's <laughs> another, another loaded question here. This is uh, from Josh. And Josh asks, Something I've been talking with very musician friends and other creative people about lately is methods of dealing with ruts. Whether that may be creatively in terms of programming, practice routines, etc. It may be a bit broader than what you're after as a topic, but I'm definitely curious about your your approach and experience in regards to methods and psychology in dealing with the rut demon uh, that lurks in the shadows. Great question. Um, ruts are a real thing, and it happens to, I would say, just about everybody. <laughs> uh, guitarists, definitely. You know, um, we put in a lot of hours, a lot of work every day, and a lot of that can start to feel very monotonous and very routine-like. Um, and so, you know, we can have these moments where we either get disinterested, we're dissatisfied, and the dissatisfaction can lead us astray or get us kind of unmotivated uh, from what we're actually doing. Um, and so dealing with that, is um, I think everybody probably has slightly different approaches. Um, but one of the things I've learned over the last few years, and this has probably like come from not even playing guitar, but it's I definitely apply it to my practice and my playing 
is um, remembering uh, why I'm doing this, trying to keep that in the foreground. Um, you know, you got to ask yourself, why are you in this game? Why are you here? And if you can't answer that, then you need to sit down and think a little more on it. I would take out a sheet of paper and try to try to really put your thoughts to paper about why you are trying to be a guitarist. Why are you trying to survive as a guitarist, as a musician? What has brought you to this? Um, and if, you know, usually you're going to find the answers are something uh, very meaningful, definitely not shallow or empty. I mean, there are probably people out there who are trying to simply just become famous, which is <laughs> not the greatest goal to have. Um, but I think in the, in the long run, understanding and always being able to come back to that reason why. And yeah, that can maybe even seem like it, it could get old quickly too. Um, that's the first thing I do is I, re I really try to remember how personal it is to me to be playing uh, the guitar and, and how I came to it and remembering the history behind it and all the, all the years and the work that has gone into it so far. Um, and then I, you know, if, if that doesn't seem to help, um, you know, sometimes you have to take a quick break and, and that isn't to say, you know, you take a month off from playing, although I know people who have had to do that, um, and they come back feeling way better. And so I think you have to gauge, you know, what kind of, if you need a break, what kind of break that is, what does that mean to you? Um, do you think a, a number of days off? from the whole thing, just getting your mind away from it all is going to be enough to kind of make you feel refreshed and come back ready to tackle the next task. I think you've got some other things here about whether that be creatively in terms of programming, practice routines, etc. Yeah, so, I mean, you know, coming up with new programs is another thing. If you're, you're kind of sick of the same old material, that's a, that's a very subjective thing. But, you know, we find out what you're, what you're trying to do, you know, what are you after? What kinds of things, what kind of, you know, what kind of voice are you trying to, um, to have as a guitarist? Um, what's your thing? You know, if you're into modern music, um, then you maybe need to start digging deeper and trying to find some more composers out there who are uh, writing new music for the guitar. Um, if you're trying to come up with a completely off the wall program or something completely new that you, you know, then you've already been playing. Um, it doesn't take much, but I, you know, I would, I would just go back and listen to music and listen to guitar, more guitar music and kind of, I, what I always do is just kind of scour the internet and see what other people are playing. Um, I'll go back to some of the guitar literature that I, I know about and I'll think about some of the composers that I like and look deeper into some of the, maybe some of the pieces that other people aren't necessarily playing. Um, and see if it's worth worth it enough to me to play. I know I'm putting together a program right now for concerts in the fall, and I'm having a great time with it. It's it's been really fun just trying to like piece together this this full program of mostly 20th century and modern music because that's where I'm I'm feeling it right now. Doesn't mean I don't love any of the other stuff, but I'm really just kind of this is what I feel like I want to do, and. Um, you know, to that, I also can't worry about what people are going to think about it. And I think that's another reason we can get into these ruts is because we're all, we could be concerned with, with 
how we're going to be viewed or how we're, people are going to respond to the music we're playing or the kind of musician we are. And you can't worry about that. You just can't. I mean, that's just such a waste of energy and time. I mean, we're not in this to try to please other people. I think I made a post a while back um, on Instagram about this where, you know, any kind of success or fame or recognition, uh, these are all like byproducts of the creativity that we uh, that we put into our performances that we are um, putting in as artists. So we're doing it simply for the sake of being artists, not because we're trying to you know, get someone to like us or to appreciate us. Now, that's not the same as sharing, I mean, our experiences. Of course, we're performers. When we're on stage, we're not up there for selfish reasons alone. We're there to share an experience and hopefully connect in some way with the audience. But if the audience walks away not feeling connected, well, you can you can look at that in an evaluative way and say, uh, what can I do better? Is, is there something I'm not doing enough of or something I'm not doing right? You know, that wasn't communicating properly. Um, but it really should stop there. It shouldn't be something that, you know, you're worrying about making the audience happy or something like that. Because that can then turn around and feed you negatively where you're going to get into these ruts where you're always worrying about, you know, what other people are going to be thinking about you. And that can really just eat you up. So I would try to, you know, practice some stoicism with that. Um, try not to to worry so much about how you're going to be viewed or responded to because it can have a major impact. You start really manipulating what you're doing, you know, and, and you find that you're not really yourself anymore. Um, so I think, I think that helps. I don't know if... Um, Again, these are all kinds of these are big questions that everyone's asking, and there's so much more we could we could go into. It'd be great, I think, to like just have each of you on the show <laughs> and just sit here and have a discussion about it. Um, so um, anyway, I hope that that is uh, helpful for you, Josh, and anybody else who may have had the same kind of question. I know when I get in ruts, um, like I said. I, I try to remember why I'm I'm doing this. What is it about playing and, and being a guitarist that is so important to me that I've stuck with it for this long? Um, and then, you know, I take breaks. I will find other things to do, other subjects or topics that I'm interested in. Um, that that kind of thing has led me all over the place. And I've I've learned so much over the last decade because I've every now and then I've started to feel like I okay, I need a little break from this you know, um, I'm starting to get down or whatever. And it's led me to some great things. You know, I've become certified as a personal trainer and I'm working on a nutrition course right now because I'm really fascinated by that stuff and I'm learning as much as I can. And I'm going to be going to Italy in, in the fall to play concerts. And I'm, so I'm going to learn some Italian. I'm going to, you know, use, use any advantage I have of like, if I start to feel a little unmotivated by playing and I need just a little more, time away from it, some breaks here and there, um, then I, I'll, maybe I'll learn some Italian. Um, but try to find other things that are going to, um, that are going to help kind of fill that void a little bit and take your mind completely off of playing. And then lastly, you know, I try not to worry so much about, you know, when the ruts happen. I think I learned this a long time ago from my first teacher was that they happen. 
And for most of us, it happens, you know, it can happen a few times a year um, or at least once. You know, there's always there's always a season or something where I start to feel a little bit more like, I don't know if I want to do this right now. Um, but, you know, I keep going. And I remember that it's just a phase. And usually it's, uh, you know, as cliche as that sounds, that it really is. It's just a, it's kind of this cycle. It's a portion of it's a part of just being a musician for me, part of being a guitarist, and that I don't stay there. I don't try to wallow in it and stay in it. I try to keep moving. Um, that's the most important part. You know, you've seen the posts that I make about staying disciplined and, and everything that helps you just stay on the path. And, you know, every time you fall off the path, you try not to get too anxious or worried about it. It just is what it is. You get back on the path and you keep moving. Um, and that sounds easier said than done. But with enough of consistency in your um, in your routines and in just your day-to-day about how you come to the instrument, um, it is quite achievable. So that does it for now. That's uh, just a few questions there. Uh, I hope this was good for you. This was great for me. I love answering these questions and thinking about this stuff a little more in depth. Um, Certainly, like, there's way more we could go into with these. Um, So definitely, uh, if you want to ask a question, I'm going to be doing these more often. uh, And you can shoot me a question through Instagram. You can DM me there, or you can find us on Facebook, or you can even email me at the uh, Tactical Guitarist website at info at tacticalguitarist.com. Uh, we've got some great stuff coming up. Uh, I've got some interviews planned with um, Simon Tam, who is an author and a musician. I'm also going to be doing some interviews with uh, guitarist Connie Shu, and then I'm also, think I think William Kenningeiser is going to be on the show in a few months. So still trying to you know, tackle that down, or tack that down, I should say. Anyway, I will keep you guys posted with uh, more updates. That is it for now. Until next time, keep practicing, keep pushing, keep playing guitar. Thanks. Thanks.